Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Friday, March 13th, 2020. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Soretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Senior Writer Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? And writer Chris Evangelista. Hello, folks. So on yesterday's water cooler, we, we were in the middle of the thick of it. Well, things were getting canceled for, by the coronavirus or, you know, fears of the coronavirus. Uh, if we mentioned on the water cooler, uh, Ben, you were going to see Hamilton this weekend. And I, I was curious, like, if you were going to actually get to see it, if it was going to get canceled, what was going to happen? And we, we did find word. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, it, well, I mean, fortunately, I guess it was canceled. It's, you know, one of those weird situations. I, I really wanted to see it, but uh, it's probably for the best. Yeah. But but it's like the worst case scenario where they're just refunding you instead of like giving replacement tickets. Yeah, I was not thrilled with the way they handled it because basically, yes, they just refunded the money and they were like, all right, well, tickets are on sale and have been for a while for, you know, all other productions beyond the month of April or whatever. So like, good luck. Just here, go, you know, be released into the wild and find tickets again on your own. And like the whole point was it was very stressful to, you know, we were trying to avoid the stress of of dealing with finding tickets. But anyway, this is like the most first world problem imaginable. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we probably shouldn't complain. But okay, I I just wanted to bring that up because we're going to be a lot of today. (laughs) We're going to be talking about the coronavirus because that is kind of like the big news everywhere including the world of entertainment uh let's start off first with uh films films in movie theaters i mean movie theaters are large gatherings right and uh, a lot of hollywood studios are canceling the films that are coming out in the coming weeks including disney chris what do we know Yeah, so several films have already been bumped or pushed or pulled entirely and uh three three new ones have, have joined the ever growing list. Uh, Mulan is, is these are all Disney movies. So Mulan, the new mutants and antlers have all been pulled from release. And it's, it's kind of, uh, it's almost funny about, uh, the new mutants because that movie has been pushed multiple times. It finally locked down its release date and now it's being pushed again through, you know, uh, circumstances it can't control. So the new mutants just can't catch a break, but, uh, it's it's almost like it's cursed in some way. It is. Yeah. At this point, maybe, you know, the movie, I'm starting to think the movie does not actually exist. And this is like a really long running scam that they're working on. But Mulan was supposed to come out March 27th. Uh, the new mutants was supposed to come out April 3rd and, uh, antlers was due out April 17th. And all three of these films are now, uh, to be determined, they did not release new uh, release dates for these yet. So um, that seems to be par for the course. You know, uh, I, I think the only film that has a new release date. Well, there are two. One is My Spy, which got pushed a few weeks. And then the other is uh, the, the latest Fast and the Furious film, which got pushed an entire year. Yeah. So we know when they're those new release dates are. But. Uh, these three films we don't know, and the same thing with A Quiet Place too. We don't know when they're going to be released. We just know they're not going to be released when they were supposed to be. I'm actually very surprised by Mulan because they already had the world premiere here in Hollywood. Uh, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm not surprised because this is a film that uh, should appeal to you know Asian markets, and you know <laughs> it's, it's it's a tough time getting to the movie theater over there. Um, but like. 
Disney has already spent so much money. Like the vast majority of their marketing spend has already been spent on Mulan, so pushing it back is going to cost them quite a, a penny to do so. Uh, the New Mutants. I feel like at this point, shouldn't they just like release it on Disney Plus and like you know plug it? In? Like I feel like that would be a what do you call that at the uh, at the supermarket where you like try to get people into the like the a loss leader, I guess, or a. Uh, Whatever it's called, yeah. Uh, doorbuster. Yeah, doorbuster. Yeah, the, the new mutants could be a doorbuster for for Disney Plus. No, I'm. Uh, I I think like, look, if I had my way, every movie ever would just go right right to streaming because I I'm you know I'm fine with this virus you know aside from the fact that it might kill people I'm fine with it because I never leave my damn house and I'm fine with that but. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, filmmakers and, and studios, they, they love that theatrical experience. They want to hold on to it. But this is it's like a weird situation. This is like uncharted waters. We, we've never really dealt with something like this before. But, yeah, honestly, uh, the New Mutants, <laughs> if they just put that on Disney Plus at this point, they'd probably be better off because even when it was set to be released, it was tracking for a relatively disappointing box office opening. So, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't know what, what their plans are. You know, what, what do you think is going to hit theaters first? New mutants or avatar two? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I'm sure any day now we're going to hear that avatar two is delayed uh, again. Again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys, because we're talking about these movies being canceled. Uh, ben, maybe you, you can field this one. Uh, is it safe to go to the movie theater? Like, are you going to avoid going to like normal? Like, I'm not talking about press screenings, but like actually go to the movie theater to see a new movie. I don't know the answer to that. I don't want to like put forth uh, incorrect information, but I have seen a lot of things about like how theaters are instituting um, policies where like uh, there are multiple seats in between people. Um, <laughs> so I guess if you you know comply with like the social distancing thing, I think the the idea is to be like around six feet away from people. I think that's the number uh, that's sort of like the ideal number for being out in public. Then maybe it's still fine. I don't know if you bring like, but what about uh, you personally? Lysol wipes and stuff. Um, me personally, I'm probably just, especially since we're, you know, I guess from a selfish perspective, luckily uh, the year 2020 at this point does not have a lot of movies that I'm super interested in seeing in theaters right now. And especially ones that are, you know, since all of these things are getting pushed, like if fast and furious or I'm sorry, excuse me, if F nine were to uh, actually hit theaters, you know, in the next week or two, that's something that I'm really looking forward to. And I would like, I don't know. I would think a lot about whether or not I wanted to bundle up in a bunch of clothing to try to protect myself and bring Lysol wipes to the theater and all that. But I'm sure people are, are just sort of playing that, you know, on a, on a case by case basis, like individual, you know, each person is going to choose, like, is this something that I want to risk doing right now? And maybe I think you were suggesting Peter in our Slack yesterday, like, um, or maybe it was earlier this week, like you can go online sometimes for some theaters and check to see like how full the theaters are for the specific showings that you are interested in. So maybe if, you know, only 10 people have bought tickets to a, a theater or a, a screening that you're interested in, maybe it's worth going and checking it out. I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. I could be completely wrong here, but I'm guessing that movie theaters are going to be completely empty. And we're going to start hearing maybe Monday that AMC and the big chains are going to be shutting down. Uh, because, you know, it's probably going to be a 
costly to stay open. And I'm sure their employees are going to be upset, you know, having to come in and uh, be in proximity of people that could be sick. Uh, Chris, mm-hmm. you weren't going to theaters anyways before this, like except for, <laughs> for, for, for press screenings. Uh, your press screening of A Quiet Place 2 was canceled. Yeah, uh, that was supposed to be on Monday, and I actually I would have gone to it if it had happened, if it was still happening, but it's not. So uh, I don't have really any reason to go to the movies for the next few weeks. Uh, you know, I, I was going to go see that because I wanted to see it, and also because I was going to review it, but that's not happening now. So I I don't you know, you know the minute <laughs> a press screening happens again that I want to you know see and that I want to review, I I will probably go to it unless. You know, who the hell knows what's going to happen? Like, if a week from now things are drastically worse, I might have to reconsider. But, uh, you know, if there was a screening like this weekend, I would probably go to it. Yeah, I have uh, some interesting stuff coming up next week in terms of screenings. But in terms of, like, actual just, like, normal, like, you know, going to the movies, like Ben said, there's not really anything exciting playing that I have not seen. So I'm probably just not going to go in terms of interest. But I'm not sure, like, I feel like, yeah, I have a movie theater that's a few blocks away from me, an AMC theater that I can go on and see a map of how many people have booked tickets. So I feel like what I would do, <laughs> living in L.A. and being lucky to be near a theater that, you know, that has a reserved seating like that, I what I would do is I'd probably look a half an hour beforehand and if there it was, like, kind of empty i'd book my tickets and go, go see it okay anyways let's move on let's move from movies to theme parks uh yesterday i think when we were talking on the water cooler uh, none of the theme parks have had announced at that point had they announced i don't even remember but uh they, they were holding strong i think uh last we heard was like i think WonderCon had canceled itself and that was next door to disneyland and disneyland had not pulled the plug but since then Things have completely changed. Ben, tell us about it. Yes. So just for the fourth time in history, Disneyland is going to be fully suspending its operations. So um, starting the morning of March 14th and lasting all the way until April 1st, Disneyland and Disney California Adventure are going to be closing. So um, that was sort of a surprise. I mean, because of, like you said, you know, the governor of California yesterday suggested that all gatherings of more than 250 people should be postponed or canceled. Uh, he said on Twitter and, and maybe at, in like a press statement or something that like, uh, you know, that doesn't apply to Disneyland and Universal and some of the other theme parks in Southern California. Um, they're like exempt from that recommendation because of the complexity of their unique circumstances. But evidently after that, they, you know, he had conversations with the people at Disney and Universal and some of these other uh, establishments, and and um, they, I guess, the companies came to their own conclusion that it's probably best yeah. for the public inf- uh, interest for them to shut down as well. So, um, yeah, Brooks Barnes from the New York Times said that Disneyland in California is closing as of Friday because of the coronavirus. Only the fourth time in history that operations have been fully suspended uh, after 9/11, the Northridge earthquake, the national, uh, and the National Day of Mourning after JFK's assassination. So. Um, yeah, kind of a big deal. And you can go to the article at slashfilm.com and read like Disney's official statement on it in terms of like what they're doing uh, regarding like refunds and stuff like that for people who already had uh, plans and, and tickets booked and all that stuff. Yeah, from what I understand, a lot of employees or I guess Disney calls them cast members were calling out sick and Disney was having a, a a big problem trying to get enough staff to to staff Disneyland so I think they decided to pull the plug because of that but it, it it's it's 
it's crazy. If it, on Monday, I think might be the first time in history that all five Disney resorts are going to be closed completely around the world. So that, that's just insane. Yeah, um, hours after Disneyland made their initial announcement, because um, at that point, Walt Disney World was oh, yeah. still going to be open. And so it took a few hours, but eventually Disneyland Paris and Walt Disney World um, announced that they were also going to be closing their doors from March 15th until April 1st. And then um, also the uh, Disney Cruise Line is suspending all new departures starting on March 14th, too. And then um, after all of Disney you know, made all of those announcements, then Universal Studios Hollywood announced that they were closing because of the coronavirus as well. Um, they said that they are closing on March 14th, which is the same day that Disney is closing up shop temporarily. But I, I found this very amusing, Peter, and you'll have to tell me if I'm you know, wearing a tinfoil hat here. But they, uh, like I said, they, they made this announcement after Disney said, okay, we're going to be coming back on uh, April 1st. They said... At Universal, we're going to be opening our doors on March 28th. So I was wondering if you thought that this was like a purposeful business decision to like give them a little bit of an extra edge because they were just waiting for Disney to make their announcement. And they're like, all right, we're giving ourselves a couple of extra days here where our park is going to be open and Disney isn't. What do you think about that? I don't know. Uh, that That's interesting. They have a new ride at Universal Studios in Hollywood called uh, The Secret Life of Pets Off the Leash based on the Secret Life of Pets franchise. And I think that was originally supposed to open on that date or maybe the day before. So I'm guessing maybe it was because so many, I don't know, do people book vacations based on a Secret Life of Pets ride? I don't know. I, I, I'm guessing maybe it has something to do with that and it's maybe not completely your tinfoil uh, theory here. <laughs> uh, but it's it's funny because I... As you know, uh, Kitra and I run this YouTube channel called Ordinary Adventures, where it, I'd say like 80% of it is us going to theme parks. And we had a schedule for the next month that was like insanely packed. Like Knott's Berry Farm was going to have their Boysenberry Festival. Uh, Universal was going to have this uh, Top Chef Food Festival. They were going to have the opening of Secret Life of Pets. I actually had tickets to an AP preview of Secret Life of Pets tomorrow. The day that Universal Studios closes down, uh, and uh, our our schedule is like completely wiped. Like we we had a schedule of like events that we we're gonna be going to and covering, but now it's uh completely uh, empty. And uh, ordinary adventures can become a lot more ordinary. So <laughs> in our adventures, so look forward to that. <laughs> uh, but you know what's interesting is I I don't know about Universal, but I know Disney announced that they are gonna be paying their cast members during during this time off and I, I talked to uh, a couple cast members who are full time and they're actually getting 40 hours. So good on Disney to be paying uh, their cast members. I'm not sure what, like what the part-time cast members are getting. And uh, I, I'm just, I'm like looking at the stock market and looking at the sinking ship like that. Like on one hand, I'm like, that is good on Disney. On another hand, like I feel like all the companies in the world are going to be, just so in like losing so much money because of this. And this is going to be such a huge financial burden to the stock markets for some time. Not, not to like, you know, go in that direction to people are dying. So I'm not like, uh, whatever, but, uh, okay. Uh, let's move on from theme parks. Let's move to, uh, let's move to productions. There's films in production. We, we've talked about a bunch of like TV shows that have shut down. Survivor has shut down. And now this is hitting like the big boys. Like uh, Marvel's Shang-Chi has shut down. Ben, what do we know? 
yeah, so Destin Daniel Cretton, who is the director of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, has gone into self-isolation under the recommendation of a doctor because he's getting tested for the coronavirus. So um, Marvel and Disney have decided to suspend the first unit production of Shang-Chi until the results come back, which is supposed to be sometime next week, I think. Um so Daniel uh, Destin Cretton has, or I'm sorry, Destin Daniel Cretton has uh, a newborn baby, and since the coronavirus um, is like dis- disproportionately affecting the elderly and young people, he is deciding to just get tested to try to protect his kid, which is you know understandable. And you know, talking about good on Disney, good on Marvel for for shutting down the first unit and letting him do that to to you know, ensure the safety of his family. Um, the second unit is still going. So like the, the entire production has not been shut down. Second unit and, and some other production aspects are, are continuing. So um, it shouldn't really like cause any delays, any significant delays anyway for the movie. Um, I think most productions have some wiggle room built in for stuff like this. Um, so they're filming in Australia right now, which is where Tom Hanks and uh, his wife, Reader Wilson recently tested positive for coronavirus. So, uh, yeah, th- this is one of many productions that is shutting down, and I'm sure you know we're going to be keeping an exhaustive list of all of that at SlashFilm.com if you're interested. Um, I-, I feel bad for uh, a lot of the people who are working in production right now because this is, I mean, like you're talking about with businesses and stuff, Peter, too, like you know the the personal effects that this is going to have on the thousands and thousands of people that work in this industry, um, and and every other industry too is is like sort of unthinkable like i feel like it's going to be a long time before we are able to fully wrap our heads around the true extent of what this is going to mean for everyone no that that is a good point because you know i was, I was talking about things in a, a big broad terms of stocks and big corporations but like you know i mentioned the other day that south by southwest uh that shutting down like has hurt some artists i know like tim doyle who makes a significant amount of his yearly income of like producing art off of uh i forget what it's called something stock like there's an art event during south by uh you know WonderCon and some cons have been canceled uh one of my favorite artists daniel danger did this uh, wonderful post-apocalyptic Disney World print, which actually is so much more relevant, even though he did it like you know weeks or months ago. Uh, he was originally going to sell that at these cons, and you know he's going to be hurting because he, you know, a lot of the events that he had signed up for are, are no longer happening. So he's now put that on sale. I'll put links to that in show notes. And you mentioned a list of cancellations. We we have a huge exhaustive list of film, TV, entertainment events all impacted by this pandemic and I'll put that link in the show notes. Uh but speaking of uh the, the real life pandemic, let's talk about uh the uh, a Hollywood adaptation of a pandemic. Let's talk uh, HBO is doing a Last of Us TV show and we've learned a little bit about that. Tell us about it, Ben. Yeah, so uh, the composer, Gustavo Santiolaya, I think is how you pronounce his last name. He's an Argentine, uh, Argentinian composer. He's actually won two Oscars. He won back-to-back Academy Awards in the mid-2000s for the scores he did for Brokeback Mountain and Babel. Uh, he produced the score and, and composed the score for um, the t- t- uh, 2013 video game, The Last of Us. And he has actually been hired to bring his talents into the TV adaptation as well. So he's going to be doing the score for the show. So that's very, very cool. Um, Neil Druckmann, who is the creative director and one of the writers of The Last of Us video game, and he's also going to be a writer of this show version, announced the news on Twitter the other day. And uh, Craig Mazin, who 
uh, is responsible for the HBO series Chernobyl and is also going to be co-writing this new um, TV adaptation of The Last of Us, Said basically said on Twitter, it's not The Last of Us if it's not Gustavo. So um, you can go to the article there and, and watch this video that I embedded of him playing the main theme of the game on a banjo, which is really cool. Um, yeah, the music in, in the game is really great. I don't know if you guys have played The Last of Us or not, but it's it's such a fantastic game. It's like widely uh, recognized as one of the greatest games of all time, and it, it truly lives up to that standard. It's it's really um, an emotional, incredible game that has like fantastic characters that you actually really, really care about, which is uh, rare for, in my experience anyway, uh, even playing, you know, big time, like top shelf, big, uh, you know, whatever they call it, they're called triple a um video games so uh, i cannot wait for this adaptation and and the fact that uh gustavo is coming to bring his musical talents back into that world and, and build it out more in a tv show is something that i'm very excited about i'm very curious like i guess the video game industry will probably be making some good money off everybody being quarantined in their houses right <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably true. But at the same time, probably I'm I'm assuming all their developers are not going into the office or working from home or not working at all. So down the line, we're going to have like one of those like scenarios like we had with the writer's strike where you're going to have like a lack of content being produced. Yeah, yeah so. that's interesting. I didn't really think about that because The Last of Us Part Two, the video game sequel that has been you know in the works for years and years and years is supposed to hit shelves on May 29th. And uh, I wonder if the coronavirus is impacting the the developers and stuff like that. I did, didn't even really think about that. But yeah, if they're not allowed to go in the office, I wonder if the release of the video game is going to be pushed a little bit too. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Uh, another news story that came out yesterday is they are making another Scream movie, which kind of excites me, although it worries me a little bit. Uh, Chris, tell us about it. Yeah, so uh, Matthew Bettinelli, Open, and Tyler Gillette, who did uh, Ready or Not, which is a really great sort of horror comedy, are now doing Scream 5. Uh, we don't really know a whole lot about the project. We don't know if it's going to be like a reboot or a direct sequel. We don't know if the original cast is coming back or not. But, uh, you know, we do know it's, you know, they're making a new Scream movie and they've they've hired some uh, pretty talented people to get it done. Chris, what do you think about the Scream franchise overall? And and I guess specifically Scream 4, because that one I think came out in like 2010 or 2011 or something like that. I remember not being crazy about it at the time, but as you're much more attuned to the horror, horror world than I am. So what do you think about the Scream movies right now? Uh, I, I really, I like the, you know, the original Scream is great. I don't like 2 and 3 that much, but I actually really liked Scream 4 because I thought it was surprisingly clever because it did this thing where it introduced a whole new cast of like younger characters but it also had the original actors in it and it was kind of like it was both like a reboot and a sequel and you know because the scream series is so meta they were like commenting on that like ah they're trying to make a reboot but the original cast keeps showing up it was like and, the force awakens before the force awakens <laughs> yeah and uh it was also like like the most violent of all the films which like really took me back like i i guess it's just like a sign of the times changing but that's a like a surprisingly brutal movie i mean you know the scream franchise has always been violent but that one is like extra violent and i don't know i i, I like it a lot it's all it's it's wes craven's last film like he died a few years after he made it and i don't know i, I dug it i don't know how most people feel about it but I, but i like it as a whole and uh, while I don't really know what else there is to do with this franchise at this point, um, I'm 
cautiously optimistic about this just because of the people making it because I, I really liked uh, Ready or Not. See, I, I was a huge fan of Scream 1, and I even like Scream 2. I, I, I kind of forgot that Scream 4 even happened, <laughs> just to be honest, until you, until you brought that up. Uh, it's one of those franchises that I feel like they stuck with the lead characters and kind of serialized it a little bit. And I think it could have benefited from like just the concept going on and being replicated, you know, around the U S and around the world of, you know, having ghost face killers. Uh, do you, do you think it needs to, you know, focus on Sydney and Nev Campbell's character? Or do like, do you think like it needs to go beyond that? Uh, you know, it, it, it's tough to say. Cause I really like, you know, that character. I, I like the idea of giving her more to do, but at the same time, it's like, maybe it is time to <laughs> focus on new people just because those characters, you know, there's so there's not much else you can do with those characters at this point, but uh, you know, it's times like this that I'm glad I'm not the one making the movie because I would be like, I don't know what the hell to do with this. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad people who have a, you know, a better grasp on this are, are in charge. There was a scream series on, uh, on MTV. I think I watched yeah. one episode. I wasn't uh, a huge fan of it. I didn't like the, the ghost face design and uh, it wasn't, uh, I don't know. It just wasn't my speed, but did you like that series or have you tried? Uh, I saw a few episodes. It, it was, it was very, um, I don't know, it, it was skewed, skewed to a much younger audience. So it just didn't really, it felt like, like a YA adaptation of scream basically. And, I, I didn't really like it, but I know it had some fans, but it just it was not for me. Yeah. Okay, well that does it for today. You can find more of all of our work at slashfilm.com. You can find this podcast published every weekday on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at slashfilm.com and write and read this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you on Monday.